0: I'd like to welcome Angus Hutchinson, Director of Planning, and Georgie Cray, Director of Architecture for Harrowby Green Associates. H&H Land and Estates have recently partnered with Harrowby Green Associates to strengthen the planning and architectural services which can be offered to our clients. Would you like to give an introduction, Angus, about Harrowby Green Associates?
1: Well, I was hoping Georgie would be able to do <laughs> that's this that's bit fine. if that's all right. You crack on, Georgie.
0: Yeah,
2: that's fine. Um, So we're a multidisciplinary practice, we combine planning, consultancy, architecture and quantity surveying. Um, Angus covers the planning side of things, I cover the architecture uh, along with the team that we have and then we have uh, Roy Williamson who's our in-house quantity surveyor and we work with a number of other consultants as well, uh, structural engineers, ecology consultants, etc. The the list is never ending actually. (laughs) Um, But the practice has kind of grown out of shared project work from about 2017 onwards this current team started to work together and we set up our current office in about 2018 um, and Angus joined us in 2020 and we've been kind of growing ever since. Our offices are based in Carlisle and London Road. Uh, We work kind of through Cumbria, North Lancashire, Durham and South West Scotland predominantly um, but anywhere outside of that as well. So covering a very similar area to H&H States and you also
0: have office space in, in our offices here at Borderway, so you're fully available for our clients to, to utilise and also it's very interesting that you have such a broad range of consultants that you work with, which means we have got a wide variety of access to a range of services to guide everyone through the, the planning requirements.
1: It's also to be complementary to what you provide as well. Yeah to mm-hmm. use the services you provide so yeah
0: yeah, yeah and we hope that will work very well thank mm. you so angus please can you tell us a little about your background and areas of expertise
1: oh uh, where to start they've um i studied planning at bristol uh, i got my first job in an authority uh, to the south of bristol uh my wife, who is from Cumbria, uh, Borrowdale, uh, she came down for a summer job and we met uh, to, uh, in Bristol. And then 10 years later she decided that she was feeling a bit homesick and wanted to come back to Cumbria. So uh, she, we both came back. I ended up working at Carlisle City Council for 26 years. Uh, then also moved into the private sector with a company called Hyde Harrington. And then, since then, have uh, joined up with uh, Harry Green Associates. Uh, in terms of the experience, it's working in the public sector has given me a grounding uh, in the all, all aspects really of the planning process, and also the type of work that's involved. And it covers the agricultural, the residential, the commercial, uh, the leisure, recreation, uh, and also the renewable energy sectors as well. So. It's given me a, a thorough grounding in all those aspects, um, so that's it really.
0: That's great, oh, that's a real good range of work and obviously with having a background in the local authority you've mm-hmm. got a good insight for what the planners are looking for and how you can get those planning applications through.
1: Well they, we, we approach it on the basis of what's going to make it easiest for the authority in terms of processing the application, mm-hmm. so uh, we're you obviously uh, helping the client in, in doing that. Uh, but the intention is to try and get a, a proposal through the system as quickly as possible.
0: And you must have quite a good relationship with some of the employees of well, the council.
1: Yeah, through the, the 26 years being up here you, you get to know at, at both the county level as as well as the, the, the city but also with the other local authorities that we deal with.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. So Georgie, could you tell us about the areas of work which you specialise in and how you became a director
2: at Harry Green Associates? Yeah, um, so again, maybe a bit of a background here as well, but I'm originally from the Carlisle area, um, sort of out Lanocost way, um, went to school in Brampton and then went away to study and came back. Um, I've worked in local practice for almost 20 years now, (laughs) in and out of things. became an associate at Johnson and Wright before moving into our to set up our current design office um, which we set up in 2018 um, sort of i think one of the advantages of working as a bit like Angus locally for so long is you have that local knowledge of local processes in terms of planning offices and how they like to to deal with and process applications but equally local buildings and sort of traditional ways of building Quite worked on quite a few clay dabbing projects and other things but you know rubble fill walls and things that are quite unique to Cumbria so that sort of local knowledge is well it's quite interesting but it's also mm-hmm. helpful when you come across them to have Absolutely. that background. Um, one of the things that I specialise in um, well I suppose over the years in local practice I've worked in various sectors done quite a lot of healthcare work um, and kind of commercial and residential projects we've done quite a lot of local authority work for Kind of Carlisle City Council, Cumbria County Council, Allardale. Um But one of the things that is my specialism, I'm a conservation architect, um, and I've worked on a few heritage buildings, including for the city council and, and county council. Um, and that's kind of my kind of key, my area of interest. I'm happy to work on all projects, but I quite like conservation projects.
0: So. Yeah, that, that is really interesting, Georgie, because obviously, as a conservation architect, you must have had access to some particularly. Interesting buildings and projects. Can you tell us about any which have been particularly interesting or challenging?
2: Yeah Um, I think in terms of heritage projects, some of the more significant ones that I've worked on have been the public sector ones Um, We worked on the restoration of Carlisle Old Town Hall, which I think most people will recognise and remember. It's not the most notable of buildings, I have to say, but it's setting right in the centre of Carlisle kind of sets it apart um, and we worked on. Kind of, I mean, it's got it's medieval in terms of its origins. That building, um, but then um, I don't know. We worked on projects to restore the local, the the envelope, but then also internally, and we found something quite interesting. I mean, for example, nearly all of its roof timbers are reused from ships. As, right. as an interesting yeah, <laughs> work that about interesting. that building and so that's quite interesting but in kind of a more rural context we've done work on callback church for example St kentigens and that's Norman the tower there so that's that was quite a nice project yeah. to work on and it's it's tracing the history of that building over its kind of lifetime and yeah the tower's Norman but other elements of it are much more recent so that's quite an interesting one to have worked on as well and always like an archaeological dig on a project It's it, it, I think a client knows, fear is the worst when they know they have to have an archaeological dig but generally we don't find anything that interesting but it's an interesting process to go through and quite experienced working with the archaeologists now mm-hmm. um, to kind of know what to expect and reassure clients when it comes along that we need yeah. a watching brief or something. Sort of uh-huh. um, Great, it.
0: no that is, that, that's really interesting So what areas of work do you particularly enjoy Angus and do you have any particular achievements you wish to share with us?
1: I wouldn't say there is uh, any one particular project but the joy I get from the job is finding answers and solutions and um, what I can say is that after all these years I'm still enjoying the job so uh, it's nice to say uh, and it's how I approach it in terms Uh of dealing with clients and and trying to look for answers Uh and and ways forward.
0: Great, that's very positive. So we have touched on some of the services you, you can offer, um, do you just want to expand a little bit on the, the type of things that you do in order to bring through a, a planning application?
1: Uh, well, the, in terms of how we approach it, it's, it's, there's the pre-application adv- advice um, and it's, it's throughout the whole phase of, the, of a particular project, so there'll be initial advice, initial discussions uh, looking at the feasibility of something, and it could also include viability of a particular scheme, um, and then progressing that, seeing which other consultants need to be involved, what are the likely issues, um, and getting that information up front. It may be uh, tweaking a particular project uh, to you know to meet the circumstances and mm-hmm. and to and to move it forward. So. Uh, and it may also involve pre-application discussions with the councils involved. Um, and then it's the actual submission, and it may, that may also involve talking at a planning committee if necessary, um, and hopefully getting a positive result from that process, mm-hmm. and, and keeping the client informed as we go along, really.
0: So the other partners that you work with in terms of bringing a planning application forward would be your ecologists and highways specialists and... Making sure they've got all the statements and it is, it's, supporting and, items.
1: And, yeah, and engineers. Um, so it, it it's particularly uh, well drainage has become uh, sort of important, um, sort of surface water drainage and flooding has has risen to the fore as everyone al- yes. as everyone will appreciate. And contamination again is particularly sensitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, de- again, depends on the site in, mm-hmm. I- itself and mm-hmm. ecology yeah net biodiversity that's right and gains there so
0: that's kind of a big change isn't it coming in now yeah, it's, shortly
1: yes yeah, so I, I remember when i first started i i, I saw a report and was for a scheme for 100 houses and the, the report was three pages long and with a recommendation for approval and, and nowadays when you think you know the amount of work that has to go involved in, that is involved in a, a scheme it, it's it going to take more than three pages yeah yeah it's so vast isn't it, 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 is, it can be. can yeah, of yeah, yeah.
0: and information required by the planners it can be planners. it
1: can be and that can be overwhelming but mm-hmm. it, it's once i think you've explained it to the client then then it makes it a lot clearer and mm-hmm. gives them a degree of comfort
0: excellent thank you so is there a current trend to the type of development work that you were working on at present
1: uh we're well from from my side that we seem to be we're in an environment which is changing has recently been subject to quite a lot of changes and you did and i'm thinking of things of um you've got brexit you've got covid you've had uh climate change and now you've got ukraine and people having to make decisions um within that context and people are are making those decisions and and mm. In terms of succession planning and how we live, and and so the, the general trend I'm picking up on is that there's more uh, an emphasis, I think, on the sort of self-sufficiency, if I can describe it like that. And you can see that now with Ukraine in energy and security of energy supply. Mm-hmm. So you know we've, we've had it with housing with COVID. It was a type of housing, we've, particularly for sort of having a garden or access to space um, and also access to recreational land you know where you could go for a walk and that also with Covid it led to having people to have uh, holidays locally again there was an opportunity there and you know a market for that which developed and is still ongoing really. so I think it's the trends is really within that sort of overall mm-hmm. emphasis of looking to see what can be provided locally.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. George, did you have anything else that you would like to add? Yeah, just going back on on trends, something that we're seeing quite a lot of um, is kind of we're looking at business continuity and and a lot of diversification of um, projects, um, and certainly from a heritage background, that's quite an interesting one. Probably one of the best things about Conservation architecture is bringing back into use a redundant building. Um, work closely with Angus on prior notification for kind of conversion projects. But on a on a on a separate project, a, as an example, we've we've recently worked on a Category A. This building in Scotland, and not on the we've, we've done change of use for the building itself. But we've also in the grounds of the building built a new permanent wedding pavilion. And in terms of business diversification, I mean it's it's just booming. They're so busy. Um, and it, it's really nice to see the kind of the building brought back into use mm. after kind of twenty years of just being. It was maintained, but it was just nobody went there. And now it's really nice to see with loads of kind of life and activity again. And it's and it's obviously a stunning venue for a wedding. <laughs>
0: oh, that's lovely to hear. That you know that there are opportunities to breathe life into these or oh, these old buildings, and as you said, bring forward a, a whole new business opportunity. Yeah, great. Thank you. So, we've recently seen um, a call for sites from Carlisle City Council. Are you able to uh, give us a bit of an insight onto that, please?
1: We're in a situation where local authorities um, have to meet annual targets, delivery targets. In order to achieve those targets, uh, Carlisle City Council is asking people to submit sites for considera- consideration, either for residential or employment development. The City Council will then assess. Each site to establish their suitability for allocation. The important thing uh, to keep in mind is that submissions to the city council need to be made by the twenty-fifth of April.
0: The twenty-fifth of April. that's yes. right. So we're only a matter of weeks away. We
1: are. Yes. So uh, please speak to your land agent. <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Indeed. So anyone who feels that they've got
1: if they've got yes, the they would they've,
0: be suitable for planning. It's yeah. so not currently allocated.
1: If they've got land that's on the edge of settlements or within a settlement, um, and please come forward um, and take, there's the, the opportunities there and, and, you know, take it. If you don't ask, you don't know, really.
0: Absolutely. no. that's, that's great advice and it's it's a pleasure to welcome you both to the team and um, we hope that it uh, adds value to all our clients going forward. Thank you. No, Thank you. Hello, I'm Tracy Jackson, Associate Director at HH Land and Estates, and today I'm speaking with Felicity Elder of Leeds University, who is a core investigator in the Soil Pollution Assessment Delivery Research Project, also known as SPAD. Welcome, Felicity. Thank you, Neen,
3: Oh, sorry.
4: <laughs> Thank you, Tracy, for having me.
0: Felicity is going to share with us an insight to the project what they are hoping to achieve, and importantly, how you can get involved. I think we're all aware that soil is an essential living organism, which has been depleted over recent years. With deteriorating soil health, one of the biggest challenges farming is facing today. We are seeing a real shift in government focus on improving the environment and soil health with the anticipated rollout of the soil standard in the sustainable farming incentive later this year. Healthy soils are central to farming, and maintaining good soil health benefits not only the environment, but also productivity and profitability. So Felicity, it's great to be talking to you today. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be working on the state research project? Hi, Tracy. Thank you for having me.
5: Uh, So I am an environmental chemist who's working at the University of Leeds, uh, though I originally trained as a clinical microbiologist within the NHS uh, with a real focus on antibiotic resistance and clinical trial work. Uh, While I was doing this, it sort of led me to see how many pharmaceuticals we excrete in our urine, which led me to become interested in the fate of these within the environment and go on to complete a PhD in environmental chemistry with the University of Bath. Uh, this looked at the fate of antibiotics and antibiotic resistance genes within the urban water cycle. Uh, and during this, I became increasingly aware of how important microbes are in degrading chemicals within the environment, uh, not just within the water cycle, but also within soils. And this led me, an overall interest led me to apply for the postdoctoral research position with uh, Dr. Laura Carter, who's co leading SPADE, uh, which looked at antibiotics in slurry and manure. And potentially uh, how different treatments of them can limit their release into the environment. So that's sort of a summary of my background and how I came to work on uh, this project. Um, but sort of tracing drugs from start to finish is my sort of my main research aim.
0: <laughs> Great. No, that was really interesting facility. Sorry, I'll do that again. Right. That's really interesting, Felicity. I mean, we're seeing such a focus on soil health, but also that there has been that focus on reducing antibiotics in, in the farming environment also. So so that's a real good, good point to be looking at. Please can you explain to us the purpose of the research more in detail? So uh, the
5: SPADE project is designed to be a UK-wide sampling campaign to investigate the presence of different chemicals, including human and veterinary medicines within UK soil, uh, but particularly where organic fertilisers such as slurry or sludge have been used. Um, So it it came about partly after a group of farmers approached the University um, looking for answers around issues that they were having with their land since applying a liquid-based fertiliser. And while we were discussing how we could possibly help them, uh, we came to the realisation that there's no database of what chemicals are usually present within UK soil, uh, other than your usual carbon and nitrates, and sort of your normal fertilisers, but nothing relating to potential pharmaceuticals. So we weren't really able to help these farmers because we couldn't say what was in their soil, whether it was normal or not normal, or potentially causing them the problems. So this led us on to be able to develop um, a project and to get some funding from Research England to look into this further. Uh, With the overall aim of the project being to generate this UK wide data set uh, for information, which can hopefully be then rolled out in future years and we can potentially track changes within the uh, chemical properties of soil.
0: But that's really interesting to to hear that we really don't have a detailed understanding of what's on our soils, bearing in mind what we've been applying over recent years. So that's really important piece of work. Can you tell us what you are looking for in the soil samples? So we're taking two different
5: approaches for looking within the soil samples. So the first approach we're going to use is quite a targeted approach. So we have a list of about 16 Different pharmaceuticals that we know are present within different slurries, manures, and other organic fertilizers. And we're going to look for those. Um, with, With that approach, we'll be able to actually quantify the exact amount that was in the soil. But then we're also going to take another approach, which is called high resolution mass spectrometry. And this creates almost like a chemical fingerprint for the soil. So you can see pretty well everything that is in there. Uh, and while it won't give us exact concentrations for those chemicals, it will allow us to see them and to potentially, while accompanied with the questionnaires that will be sending out the samples, link different chemicals with different different soil amendments, uh, and hopefully that can guide best practice around what is safest to use within your land.
0: Right, so from my understanding, you're, you're looking at farmers across the UK, but those who have applied a variety of different amendments. So that can be anything from home produced slurry and manure to liquid fertiliser products and sewage sludge, is that correct?
5: Yeah, that's correct. And also food composts and digests as well, if anybody has applied those.
0: Okay, great. And that can that be over recent years or amendments that have been put on Uh,
3: Ideally,
0: ideally
5: up to about five years ago. So it doesn't have to be really recent. And we're also interested in the different methods that you've applied them. So if you have a couple of different fields, for example, where you've used one application method and another field where you've used a different one, we'd be very interested in those samples as well. Because one of the researchers within the group, John Nightingale, has done some previous research that showed that the methods that you use to apply these have quite a big impact on their fate within the environment and how rapidly they're degraded by the soil microbes.
0: Right that's really interesting. So you're planning a trip up to Cumbria and you will be visiting us here at Borderway on Wednesday the 6th of July and you'll be available to collect soil samples and visit farms in the area can you tell us how farmers can get involved Uh, so they can
5: either um, just bring us some soil uh, in a plastic bag which uh, food bag would be ideal on the day and we can then take that away Uh, we'd ask you just to complete a short questionnaire relating to that soil sample Uh, or you can contact myself or yourself uh, to organize to collect a soil sampling bag or kit Uh, if you can't come to borderway on the 6th we can send you out a prepaid postage bag for you to return those soil samples in as well Uh, so there's quite a few different ways to get involved
0: great so what's the tips and best practice please for taking and preserving the soil samples
5: Uh, so ideally we would like them to be kept chilled uh, either within a fridge or with with an ice pack next to them Uh, we also would ask you to take two soil samples Uh, the first one using a clean trowel uh, would be from the hedgerow of the field that you're going to sample and what we'll use this as is a blank sample to say this area of land doesn't usually have the shouldn't have a high exposure to these fertilizers therefore this is your baseline for this field um and then take about 100 gram uh, sorry take off the top vegetation there and about five centimeters down and then underneath that take about 100 grams of soil down to a depth of about 10 centimeters and just pop it in the bag and then repeat the same process in the center of the field or as close to the center of the field as you can get easily uh, and then either pop them in the fridge overnight and bring them in on the sixth or you could freeze them for a couple of days if you need to. Uh, but if you could bring them on ice packs, that would be the best, but if not, don't worry.
0: Great, and just for clarity then, Felicity, that's two two individual bags, one yes. from the hedge and one from the field centre. Yes, and uh, please
5: take the hedgerow sample first in case we get cross-contamination from the field centre.
0: Great, and obviously clearly label those samples. Yeah. Excellent. So I encourage you all please to bring along your samples to board away on the sixth of July. If you require any sample bags, they will be available from the Hitchnitch Land Estates office from today, together with some of Felicity's surveys for completion. So Felicity, this is a free soil sample, isn't it? It's part of your project. There's no costs involved for for the farmers that want to provide samples.
5: Uh, no, no cost whatsoever, and on, uh, we're going to do a random uh, draw of five samples that we'll do a complete soil analysis on for um, chemical other chemical properties as well.
0: And also the, the individuals that provide soil samples, will they get feedback? Uh, yeah, if
5: you want feedback, we're happy to give you feedback on your soil samples. We'll obviously keep all results anonymous, uh, just for your... Uh, for your protection, basically, Um, but yeah, we're happy to provide feedback if you give us, if you say you want it. (laughs)
0: Great, now that's really useful. So when do you anticipate completion of the project?
5: We're hoping to collect most of our soil samples during July and complete analysis over the rest of the summer. And the longest part of this is actually analysing the fingerprints for uh, what is in the soil. Uh, So this will probably take us through to the uh, sort of towards the end of the new year before we'll get be able to release those results.
0: And where will your report be um,
5: available? Uh, So we'll hopefully publish it within a scientific journal. Uh, We'll obviously disseminate results between all the uh, individuals who take part as well, uh, anonymous results. And then if they want their specific uh, soil results, we can provide that for them as well via email.
0: Great. Well that's all very interesting facility. Felicity, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All very interesting Felicity. I look forward to seeing you on the 6th of July and good luck with your project. Thank you very
5: much, Tracy, for inviting me to speak to you today and hopefully we'll get a nice uptake of soil samples.
0: Hello, I'm Tracy Jackson, Associate Director at H NH Land and Estates. And today I'm speaking with Felicity Elder of Leeds University, who is a core investigator in the Soil Pollution Assessment Delivery Research Project, also known as SPADE. Welcome, Felicity. Thank you, Nene. Oh,
3: sorry.
4: (laughs) Thank you, Tracy, for having me.
0: Felicity is going to share with us an insight to the project, what they are hoping to achieve, and importantly, how you can get involved. I think we're all aware that soil is an essential living organism, which has been depleted over recent years. With deteriorating soil health, one of the biggest challenges farming is facing today. We are seeing a real shift in government focus on improving the environment and soil health with the anticipated rollout of the soils standard in the sustainable farming incentive later this year. Healthy soils are central to farming and maintaining good soil health benefits not only the environment, but also productivity and profitability. So Felicity, it's great to be talking to you today. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be working on this research project?
5: Hi, Tracy,
0: Thank you for having me.
5: Uh, So I am an environmental chemist who's working at the University of Leeds, Uh, though I originally trained as a clinical microbiologist within the NHS. Uh, with a real focus on antibiotic resistance and clinical trial work. Uh, while I was doing this, it sort of led me to see how many pharmaceuticals we excrete in our urine, which led me to become interested in the fate of these within the environment and go on to complete a PhD in environmental chemistry with the University of Bath. Uh, this looked at the fate of antibiotics and antibiotic resistance genes within the urban water cycle. Uh, And during this, I became increasingly aware of how important microbes are in degrading chemicals within the environment, uh, not just within the water cycle, but also within soils. And this led me, an overall interest led me to apply for the postdoctoral research position with uh, Dr. Laura Carter, who is co-leading SPADE, uh, which looked at antibiotics in slurry and manure and potentially uh, how different treatments of them can limit their release into the environment. So that's sort of a summary of my background and how I came to work on uh, this project. Um, but sort of tracing drugs from start to finish is my sort of my main research aim.
0: Great. No, that was really interesting facility. <laughs> Sorry, I'll do that again. Yeah. Great, that's really interesting felicity. I mean, we're seeing such a focus on soil health, but also that there has been that focus on reducing antibiotics in in the farming environment also. So so that's a real good good point to be looking at. Please can you explain to us the purpose of the research more in detail? So uh,
5: the SPADE project is designed to be a UK-wide sampling campaign to investigate the presence of different chemicals, including human and veterinary medicines within UK soil, uh, but particularly where organic fertilizers, such as slurry or sludge, have been used. Um, so it, it came about partly after a group of farmers approached the university um, looking to up for answers around issues that they were having with their land since applying a liquid-based fertilizer. And while we were discussing how we could possibly help them, uh, we came to the realisation that there's no database of what chemicals are usually present within UK soil, uh, other than your usual carbon and nitrates, and sort of your normal fertilisers, but nothing relating to potential pharmaceuticals. So we weren't really able to help these farmers because we couldn't say what was in their soil, whether it was normal or not normal, or potentially causing them the problems. So this led us on to be able to develop um, a project and to get some funding from Research England to look into this further. Uh, With the overall aim of the project being to generate this UK-wide data set uh, for information, which can hopefully be then rolled out in future years and we can potentially track changes within the uh, chemical properties of
0: soil. That's really interesting to to hear that we really don't have a detailed understanding of what's on our soils bearing in mind what we've been applying over recent years so that's really important this work can you tell us what you are looking for in the soil samples
5: so we're taking two different approaches for looking within the soil samples so the first approach we're going to use is quite a targeted approach so we have a list of about 16 different pharmaceuticals that we know are present within different slurries, manures, and other organic fertilizers. And we're going to look for those. Um, and with, with that approach, we'll be able to actually quantify the exact amount that was in the soil. But then we're also going to take another approach, which is called high resolution mass spectrometry. And this creates almost like a chemical fingerprint for the soil. So you can see pretty well everything that is in there. Uh, and while it won't give us exact concentrations for those chemicals, it will allow us to see them and to potentially, while accompanied with the questionnaires that we'll be sending out the samples, link different chemicals with different different soil amendments, uh, and hopefully that that can guide best practice around what is safest to use within your land.
0: Right. So, from my understanding, you're you're looking at farmers across the UK, but those who have applied a variety of different amendments. So that can be anything from home produced, slurry and manure to liquid fertiliser products and sewage sludge, is that correct?
5: Yeah, that's correct and also food composts and digests as well, if anybody has applied those. Okay,
0: great. And that can that be over recent years or amendments that have been put on? Uh, Ideally
5: ideally up to about five years ago, so it doesn't have to be really recent. And we're also interested in the different methods that you've applied them. So if you have a couple of different fields, for example, where you've used one application method and another field where you've used a different one, we'd be very interested in those samples as well because one of the researchers within the group, John Nightingale, has done some previous research that showed that the methods that you use to apply these have quite a big impact on their fate within the environment and how rapidly they're degraded by the soil microbes.
0: Right, that's really interesting. So, you're planning a trip up to Cumbria and you will be visiting us here at Borderway on Wednesday, the 6th of July, and you'll be available to collect soil samples and visit farms in the area. Uh, Can you tell us how farmers can get involved? Uh, So they can either um,
5: just bring us some soil uh, in a plastic bag, which a food bag would be ideal, on the day, and we can then take that away. Uh, We'd ask you just to complete a short questionnaire relating to that soil sample. Uh, Or you can contact myself or yourself uh, to organise to collect a soil sampling bag or kit Uh, if you can't come to borderway on the 6th we can send you out a prepaid postage bag for you to return those soil samples in as well Uh, so there's quite a few different ways to get involved
0: great so what's the tips and best practice please for taking and preserving the soil samples
5: Uh, So ideally, we would like them to be kept chilled, uh, either within a fridge or with with an ice pack next to them. Uh, We also would ask you to take two soil samples. Uh, The first one, using a clean trowel, uh, would be from the hedgerow of the field that you're going to sample. And what we'll use this as is a blank sample to say this area of land doesn't usually have the, shouldn't have a high exposure to these fertilizers, therefore this is your baseline for this field um and then take about 100 gram uh sorry take off the top vegetation there and about five centimeters down and then underneath that take about 100 grams of soil down to a depth of about 10 centimeters and just pop it in the bag and then repeat the same process in the center of the field or as close to the center of the field as you can get easily Uh, and then either pop them in the fridge overnight and bring them in on the sixth or You could freeze them for a couple of days if you need to, Uh, but if you could bring them on ice packs, that would be the best, but if not, don't worry.
0: Great, and just for clarity then, Felicity, that's two two individual bags, one from the hedge and one from the field centre. Yes,
5: and uh, please take the hedgerow sample first in case we get cross-contamination
0: from the field centre. Great, and obviously clearly label those samples. Yes, yeah. excellent. So I encourage you all please to bring along your samples to forward away on the 6th of July, if you're requiring sample bags, they will be available from the h and Land and Office from today, together with some of Felicity's surveys for completion. So Felicity, this is a free soil sample, isn't it? It's part of your project. There's no costs involved for, for the farmers that want to provide samples.
5: Uh, no, no cost whatsoever. And on, uh, we're going to do a random uh, draw of five samples that we'll do a complete soil analysis on for um, chemical other chemical properties as well.
0: And also the, the individuals that provide soil samples, will they get feedback? Uh, yeah, if you want feedback, we're happy to give you feedback on your soil samples.
5: We'll obviously keep all results anonymous, uh, just for your... Uh, for your protection, basically. Um, but yeah, we're happy to provide feedback if you give us, if you say you want it.
0: <laughs> Great, Now that's really useful. So when do you anticipate completion of the project? We're hoping
5: to collect most of our soil samples during July and complete analysis over the rest of the summer. And the longest part of this is actually analysing the fingerprints for uh, what is in the soil. So, this will probably take us through to the uh, sort of towards the end of the new year before we'll get be able to release those results. And where
0: will your report be um, available?
5: Uh, So, we'll hopefully publish it within a scientific journal. Uh, We'll obviously disseminate results between all the uh, individuals who take part as well uh, anonymous results. And then, if they want their specific uh, soil results, we can provide that for them as well via email.
0: Great. Well, that's all very interesting, facility, Felicity, sorry. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, very interesting, Felicity. I look forward to seeing you on the 6th of July and good luck with your project. Thank you very much, Tracy, for inviting me to speak to you today and hopefully we'll get a nice uptake of soil
5: samples.
1: Hello,
0: I'm Tracy Jackson, Associate Director at HH Land and Estates. And today I'm speaking with Felicity Elder of Leeds University, who is a core investigator in the Soil Pollution Assessment Delivery Research Project, also known as SPAID. Welcome, Felicity. Thank you, Neen.
3: Oh, sorry.
4: (laughs) Thank you, Tracy, for having me.
0: Felicity is going to share with us an insight to the project, what they are hoping to achieve, and importantly, how you can get involved. I think we're all aware that soil is an essential living organism which has been depleted over recent years. With deteriorating soil health, one of the biggest challenges farming is facing today. We are seeing a real shift in government focus on improving the environment and soil health with the anticipated rollout of the soils standard in the sustainable farming incentive later this year. Healthy soils are central to farming and maintaining good soil health Benefits not only the environment, but also productivity and profitability. So, Felicity, it's great to be talking to you today. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be working on the same research project?
5: Hi, Tracy, thank you for having me. Uh, so I am an environmental chemist who's working at the University of Leeds, uh, though I originally trained as a clinical microbiologist within the NHS. Uh, with a real focus on antibiotic resistance and clinical trial work. Uh, while I was doing this, it sort of led me to see how many pharmaceuticals we excrete in our urine, which led me to become interested in the fate of these within the environment and go on to complete a PhD in environmental chemistry with the University of Bath. Uh, this looked at the fate of antibiotics and antibiotic resistance genes within the urban water cycle. Uh, and during this, I became increasingly aware of how important microbes are in degrading chemicals within the environment, uh, not just within the water cycle, but also within soils. And this led me, an overall interest led me to apply for the postdoctoral research position with uh, Dr. Laura Carter, who's co leading SPADE, uh, which looked at antibiotics in slurry and manure and potentially uh, how different treatments of them can limit their release into the environment. So that's sort of a summary of my background and how I came to work on uh, this project. Um, But sort of tracing drugs from start to finish is my my main research aim.
0: Great. No, that was really interesting, Felicity. (laughs) Sorry, I'll do that again. Great. That's really interesting, Felicity. I mean, we're seeing such a focus on soil of health, but also that there has been that focus on reducing antibiotics in, in the farming environment also. So, so that's a real good, good point to be looking at. Please can you explain to us the purpose of the research more in detail? So uh,
5: the SPADE project is designed to be a uk-wide sampling campaign to investigate the presence of different chemicals including human and veterinary medicines within uk soil uh, but particularly where organic fertilizers such as slurry or sludge have been used Um, so it it came about partly after a group of farmers approached the university um, looking to up for answers around issues that they were having with their land since applying a liquid-based fertilizer And While we were discussing how we could possibly help them, uh, we came to the realisation that there's no database of what chemicals are usually present within UK soil uh, other than your usual carbon and nitrates and sort of your normal fertilisers, but nothing relating to potential pharmaceuticals. So we weren't really able to help these farmers because we couldn't say what was in their soil, whether it was normal or not normal or potentially causing them the problems. So this led us on to be able to develop um, a project and to get some funding from Research England to look into this further. Uh, With the overall aim of the project being to generate this UK wide data set uh, for information which can hopefully be then rolled out in future years and we can potentially track changes within the uh, chemical properties of soil.
0: But that's really interesting to to hear that we really don't have a detailed understanding of what's on our soils, bearing in mind what we've been applying over recent years. So that's really important piece of work. Can you tell us what you are looking for in the soil samples? So
5: we're taking two different
0: approaches
5: for looking within the soil samples. So the first approach we're going to use is quite a targeted approach. So we have a list of about 16 different pharmaceuticals that we know are present within different slurries, manures, and other organic fertilizers. And we're going to look for those. Um, And with, with that approach, we'll be able to actually quantify the exact amount that was in the soil. But then we're also going to take another approach, which is called high resolution mass spectrometry. And this creates almost like a chemical fingerprint for the soil. So you can see pretty well everything that is in there. Uh, and while it won't give us exact concentrations for those chemicals, it will allow us to see them and to potentially, while accompanied with the questionnaires that we'll be sending out the samples, link different chemicals with different different soil amendments, uh, and we're hopefully that that can guide best practice around what is safest to use within your land.
0: Right. So from my understanding, you're you're looking at Farmers across the UK, but those who have applied a variety of different amendments. So that can be anything from home produced slurry and manure to liquid fertilizer products and sewage sludge. Is that correct?
5: Yeah, that's correct. And also food composts and digests as well. If anybody has applied those.
0: Okay, great. And that can that be over recent years or amendments that have been put on?
5: Uh, ideally
0: ideally up to about five
5: years ago. So it doesn't have to be really recent. And we're also interested in the different methods that you've applied them. So if you have a couple of different fields, for example, where you've used one application method and another field where you've used a different one, we'd be very interested in those samples as well, because one of the researchers within the group, John Nightingale, has done some previous research that showed that the methods that you use to apply these have quite a big impact on their fate within the environment and how rapidly they're degraded by the soil microbes.
0: Right, that's really interesting. So, you're planning a trip up to Cumbria and you will be visiting us here at Broadway on Wednesday, the 6th of July, and you'll be available to collect soil samples and visit farms in the area. Uh, Can you tell us how farmers can get involved? Uh, So they can either um,
5: just bring us some soil uh, in a plastic bag, which a food bag would be ideal on the day, and we can then take that away. Uh, We'd ask you just to complete a short questionnaire relating to that soil sample. Uh, Or you can contact myself or yourself uh, to organise, to collect a soil sampling bag or kit uh, if you can't come to borderway on the six we can send you out a prepaid postage bag for you to return those soil samples in as well uh, so there's quite a few different ways to get involved
0: great so what's the tips and best practice please for taking and preserving the soil samples
5: Uh, So ideally we would like them to be kept chilled uh, either within a fridge or with with an ice pack next to them. Uh, We also would ask you to take two soil samples. Uh, The first one using a clean trowel uh, would be from the hedgerow of the field that you're going to sample and what we'll use this as is a blank sample to say this area of land doesn't usually have the, shouldn't have a high exposure to these fertilizers therefore this is your baseline for this field and and then take about 100 gram uh, sorry take off the top vegetation there and about five centimeters down and then underneath that take about 100 grams of soil down to a depth of about 10 centimeters and just pop it in the bag and then repeat the same process in the center of the field or as close to the center of the field as you can get easily Uh, and then either pop them in the fridge overnight and bring them in on the sixth or you could freeze them for a couple of days if you need to, uh, but if you could bring them on ice packs, that would be the best, but if not, don't worry.
0: Great, and just for clarity then, Felicity, that's two, two individual bags, one yes. from the hedge, and one from the field centre. Yes, and uh,
5: please take the hedgerow sample first in case we get cross-contamination from the field centre.
0: Great, and obviously clearly label those samples. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. So I encourage you all, please, to bring along your samples to forward away on the 6th of July. If you're requiring sample bags, they will be available from the Hitchnitch Nitch Land and Estates office from today, together with some of Felicity's surveys for completion. So, Felicity, this is a free soil sample, isn't it? It's part of your project. There's no costs involved for, for the farmers that want to provide samples.
5: Uh, no, no cost whatsoever, and on, uh, we're going to do a random uh, draw of five samples that we'll do a complete soil analysis on for um, chemical other chemical properties as well.
0: And also the, the individuals that provide soil samples, will they get feedback? Uh, yeah, if you want feedback, we're
5: happy to give you feedback on your soil samples. We'll obviously keep all results anonymous, uh, just for your... Uh, for your protection basically, um, but yeah, we're happy to provide feedback if you give us, if you say you want it.
0: <laughs> Great, now that's really useful. So when do you anticipate completion of the project?
5: We're hoping to collect most of our soil samples during July and complete analysis over the rest of the summer. And the longest part of this is actually analysing the fingerprints for uh, what is in the soil. So, this will probably take us through to the uh, sort of towards the end of the new year before we'll get be able to release those results.
0: And where will your report be um, available? Uh, So, we'll hopefully publish it within a
5: scientific journal. Uh, We'll obviously disseminate results between all the uh, individuals who take part as well, uh, anonymous results. And then, if they want their specific uh, soil results, we can provide that for them as well via email.
0: Great. Well that's a very interesting facility. Felicity, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all very interesting, Felicity. I look forward to seeing you on the 6th of July and good luck with your project. Thank you very much, Tracy, for inviting
5: me to speak to you today and hopefully we'll get a nice uptake of soil samples.
0: Hello, I'm Tracy Jackson, Associate Director at H Land and Estates. And today I'm speaking with Felicity Elder of Leeds University, who is a core investigator in the Soil Pollution Assessment Delivery Research Project, also known as SPADE. Welcome, Felicity. Thank you, Neen. Oh,
3: sorry.
4: (laughs) Thank you, Tracy, for having me.
0: Felicity is going to share with us an insight to the project, what they are hoping to achieve and importantly, how you can get involved. I think we're all aware that soil is an essential living organism which has been depleted over recent years. With deteriorating soil health, one of the biggest challenges farming is facing today. We are seeing a real shift in government focus on improving the environment and soil health with the anticipated rollout of the soil standard in the sustainable farming incentive later this year. Healthy soils are central to farming and maintaining good soil health Benefits not only the environment, but also productivity and profitability. So, Felicity, it's great to be talking to you today. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be working on the same research project?
5: Hi, Tracy, thank you for having me. Uh, so I am an environmental chemist who's working at the University of Leeds, uh, though I originally trained as a clinical microbiologist within the NHS. Uh, with a real focus on antibiotic resistance and clinical trial work. Uh, While I was doing this, it sort of led me to see how many pharmaceuticals we excrete in our urine, which led me to become interested in the fate of these within the environment and go on to complete a PhD in environmental chemistry with the University of Bath. Uh, This looked at the fate of antibiotics and antibiotic resistance students within the urban water cycle. Uh, and during this, I became increasingly aware of how important microbes are in degrading chemicals within the environment, uh, not just within the water cycle, but also within soils. And this led me, an overall interest led me to apply for the postdoctoral research position with uh, Dr. Laura Carter, who's co leading SPADE, uh, which looked at antibiotics in slurry and manure and potentially uh, how different treatments of them can limit their release into the environment. So that's sort of a summary of my background and how I came to work on uh, this project, um, but sort of tracing drugs from start to finish is my, sort of my main research aim.
0: <laughs> Great. No, that was really interesting. Felicity. <laughs> Sorry, I'll do that again. Great. That's really interesting, Felicity. I mean, we're seeing such a focus on soil health but also that there has been that focus on reducing antibiotics in in the farming environment also so so that's a real good good point to be looking at please can you explain to us the purpose of the research more in detail so uh,
5: the spade project is designed to be a UK-wide sampling campaign to investigate the presence of different chemicals, including human and veterinary medicines within UK soil, uh, but particularly where organic fertilisers such as slurry or sludge have been used. Um, So it it came about partly after a group of farmers approached the University um, looking for answers around issues that they were having with their land since applying a liquid-based fertiliser. And while we were discussing how we could possibly help them, uh, we came to the realization that there's no database of what chemicals are usually present within UK soil, uh, other than your usual carbon and nitrates, and sort of your normal fertilizers, but nothing relating to potential pharmaceuticals. So we weren't really able to help these farmers because we couldn't say what was in their soil, whether it was normal or not normal, or potentially causing them the problems. So this led us on to be able to develop um, a project and to get some funding from Research England to look into this further Uh, with the overall aim of the project being to generate this UK wide data set uh, for information which can hopefully be then rolled out in future years and we can potentially track changes within the uh, chemical properties of soil
0: but that's really interesting to to hear that we really don't have a detailed understanding of what's on our soils, bearing in mind what we've been applying over recent years. So that's really important piece of work. Can you tell us what you are looking for in the soil samples? So we're
5: taking two different approaches for looking within the soil samples. So the first approach we're going to use is quite a targeted approach. So we have a list of about 16 Different pharmaceuticals that we know are present within different slurries, manures, and other organic fertilizers. And we're going to look for those. Um, with, With that approach, we'll be able to actually quantify the exact amount that was in the soil. But then we're also going to take another approach, which is called high resolution mass spectrometry. And this creates almost like a chemical fingerprint for the soil. So you can see pretty well everything that is in there. Uh, and while it won't give us exact concentrations for those chemicals, it will allow us to see them and to potentially while accompanied with the questionnaires that will be sending out the samples link different chemicals with different. Different soil amendments uh, and we we'll hopefully that that can guide best practice around what is safest to use within your land.
0: Right. so from my understanding, you're you're looking at farmers across the UK, but those who have applied a variety of different amendments. So that can be anything from home produced slurry and manure to liquid fertilizer products and sewage sludge, is that correct?
5: Yeah, that's correct. And also food composts and digests as well, if anybody has applied those. Okay, great.
0: And that can that be over recent years or amendments that have been put on Uh, Ideally,
5: ideally up to about five years ago. So it doesn't have to be really recent. And we're also interested in the different methods that you've applied them. So if you have a couple of different fields, for example, where you've used one application method and another field where you've used a different one, we'd be very interested in those samples as well. Because one of the researchers within the group, John Nightingale, has done some previous research that showed that the methods that you use to apply these have quite a big impact on their fate within the environment and how rapidly they're degraded by the soil microbes.
0: Right, that's really interesting. So you're planning a trip up to Cumbria and you will be visiting us here at Borderway on Wednesday the 6th of July and you'll be available to collect soil samples and visit farms in the area can you tell us how farmers can get involved Uh, so they can either um, just bring us some soil uh,
5: in a plastic bag which food bag would be ideal on the day and we can then take that away Uh, we'd ask you just to complete a short questionnaire relating to that soil sample Uh, or you can contact myself or yourself uh, to organize to collect a soil sampling bag Or kit. Uh, If you can't come to Borderway on the 6th, we can send you out a prepaid postage bag for you to return those soil samples in as well. Uh, So there's quite a few different ways to get involved.
0: Great. So, what's the tips and best practice, please, for taking and preserving the soil samples?
5: Uh, so ideally we would like them to be kept chilled, uh, either within a fridge or with with an ice pack next to them. Uh, we also would ask you to take two soil samples. Uh, the first one, using a clean trowel, uh, would be from the hedgerow of the field that you're going to sample. And what we'll use this as is a blank sample to say this area of land doesn't usually have the, shouldn't have a high exposure to these fertilizers, therefore this is your baseline for this field um and then take about 100 gram uh sorry take off the top vegetation there and about five centimeters down and then underneath that take about 100 grams of soil down to a depth of about 10 centimeters and just pop it in the bag and then repeat the same process in the center of the field or as close to the center of the field as you can get easily Uh, and then either pop them in the fridge overnight and bring them in on the sixth or you could freeze them for a couple of days if you need to. Uh, but if you could bring them on ice packs, that would be the best, but if not, don't worry.
0: Great, and just for clarity then, Felicity, that's two, two individual bags, one yes. from the hedge and one from the field centre. Yes, and
5: uh, please take the hedgerow sample first in case we get cross-contamination from the
0: field centre. Great, and obviously clearly label those samples. Yes, yeah. excellent so I encourage you all please to bring along your samples to forward away on the 6th of July if you're requiring sample bags they will be available from the Hitchnitch land the office from today together with some of Felicity's surveys for completion so Felicity this is a free soil sample isn't it it's part of your project there's no costs involved for for the farmers that want to provide samples
5: uh, no, no cost whatsoever, and on, uh, we're going to do a random uh, draw of five samples that we'll do a complete soil analysis on for um, chemical other chemical properties as well.
0: And also the, the individuals that provide soil samples, will they get feedback? Uh,
5: yeah, if you want feedback, we're happy to give you feedback on your soil samples. We'll obviously keep all results anonymous, uh, just for your... Uh, for your protection, basically, Um, but yeah, we're happy to provide feedback if you give us, if you say you want it. (laughs)
0: Great, now that's really useful. So when do you anticipate completion of the project? We're hoping to collect most
5: of our soil samples during July and complete analysis over the rest of the summer. And the longest part of this is actually analysing the fingerprints for uh, what is in the soil. So, this will probably take us through to the uh, sort of towards the end of the new year before we'll get be able to release those results. And where will your report be
0: um, available?
5: Uh, So, we'll hopefully publish it within a scientific journal. Uh, We'll obviously disseminate results between all the uh, individuals who take part as well uh, anonymous results. And then, if they want their specific uh, soil results, we can provide that for them as well via email.
0: Great. Well that's all very interesting facility. Felicity, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All very interesting Felicity. I look forward to seeing you on the 6th of July and good luck with your project.
5: Thank you very much, Tracy, for inviting me to speak to you today and hopefully we'll get a nice uptake of soil
0: samples. Hello, I'm Tracy Jackson, Associate Director at H N H Land and Estates. And today, I'm speaking with Felicity Elder of Leeds University, who is a core investigator in the Soil Pollution Assessment Delivery Research Project, also known as SPADE. Welcome, Felicity. Thank you, Nin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you,
4: Tracy, for having me.
0: Felicity is going to share with us an insight to the project, what they are hoping to achieve, and importantly, how you can get involved. I think we're all aware that soil is an essential living organism, which has been depleted over recent years. With deteriorating soil health, one of the biggest challenges farming is facing today. We are seeing a real shift in government focus on improving the environment and soil health with the anticipated rollout of the soils standard in the sustainable farming incentive later this year. Healthy soils are central to farming and maintaining good soil health benefits not only the environment, but also productivity and profitability. So Felicity, it's great to be talking to you today. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be working on the same research project?
3: Hi, Tracy, Thank you for having me. Uh,
5: So I am an environmental chemist who's working at the University of Leeds, Uh, though I originally trained as a clinical microbiologist within the NHS. Uh, with a real focus on antibiotic resistance and clinical trial work. Uh, while I was doing this, it sort of led me to see how many pharmaceuticals we excrete in our urine, which led me to become interested in the fate of these within the environment and go on to complete a PhD in environmental chemistry with the University of Bath. Uh, this looked at the fate of antibiotics and antibiotic resistance genes within the urban water cycle. Uh, and during this, I became increasingly aware of how important microbes are in degrading chemicals within the environment, uh, not just within the water cycle, but also within soils. And this led me, an overall interest led me to apply for the postdoctoral research position with uh, Dr. Laura Carter, who's co leading SPADE, uh, which looked at antibiotics in slurry and manure and potentially uh, how different treatments of them can limit their release into the environment. So that's sort of a summary of my background and how I came to work on uh, this project. Um, but sort of tracing drugs from start to finish is my sort of, my main research aim.
0: Great. No, that was really interesting, facility. <laughs> Sorry, I'll do that again. Yeah. Great. That's really interesting, Felicity. I mean, we're seeing such a focus on soil health, but also that there has been that focus on reducing antibiotics in in the farming environment also. So so that's a real good good point to be looking at. Please, can you explain to us the purpose of the research more in detail? So uh,
5: the SPADE project is... Designed to be a UK wide sampling campaign to investigate the presence of different chemicals, including human and veterinary medicines within UK soil, uh, but particularly where organic fertilizers such as slurry or sludge have been used. Um, so it, it came about partly after a group of farmers approached the university um, looking to up for answers around issues that they were having with their land since applying a liquid based fertilizer. And while we were discussing how we could possibly help them, uh, we came to the realisation that there's no database of what chemicals are usually present within UK soil, uh, other than your usual carbon and nitrates, and sort of your normal fertilisers, but nothing relating to potential pharmaceuticals. So we weren't really able to help these farmers because we couldn't say what was in their soil, whether it was normal or not normal, or potentially causing them the problems. So this led us on to be able to develop um, a project and to get some funding from Research England to look into this further. Uh, With the overall aim of the project being to generate this UK-wide data set uh, for information, which can hopefully be then rolled out in future years and we can potentially track changes within the uh,
0: chemical properties of soil. That's really interesting to to hear that we really don't have detailed understanding of what's on our soils, bearing in mind what we've been applying over recent years. So that's really important piece of work. Can you tell us what you are looking for in the soil samples?
5: So we're taking two different approaches for looking within the soil samples. So the first approach we're going to use is quite a targeted approach. So we have a list of about 16 Different pharmaceuticals that we know are present within different slurries, manures and other organic fertilizers. And we're going to look for those. Um, And with, with that approach, we'll be able to actually quantify the exact amount that was in the soil. But then we're also going to take another approach, which is called high resolution mass spectrometry. And this creates almost like a chemical fingerprint for the soil. So you can see pretty well everything that is in there. Uh, and while it won't give us exact concentrations for those chemicals, it will allow us to see them and to potentially, while accompanied with the questionnaires that will be sending out the samples, link different chemicals with different different soil amendments, uh, and hopefully that can guide best practice around what is safest to use within your land.
0: Right. so from my understanding, you're you're looking at farmers across the UK, but those who have applied a variety of different amendments. So that can be anything from home produced slurry and manure to liquid fertiliser products and sewage sludge, is that correct?
5: Yeah, that's correct. And also food composts and digests as well, if anybody has applied those.
0: Okay, great. And that can that be over recent years or amendments that have been put on Uh, Ideally ideally up to about five years ago,
5: so it doesn't have to be really recent. And we're also interested in the different methods that you've applied them. So if you have a couple of different fields, for example, where you've used one application method and another field where you've used a different one, we'd be very interested in those samples as well because one of the researchers within the group, John Nightingale, has done some previous research that showed that the methods that you use to apply these have quite a big impact on their fate within the environment and how rapidly they're degraded by the soil microbes.
0: Right That's really interesting. So you're planning a trip up to Cumbria and you will be visiting us here at Baldway on Wednesday, the 6th of July and you'll be available to collect soil samples and visit farms in the area. Uh, can you tell us how farmers can get involved Uh, so they can either um,
5: just bring us some soil uh, in a plastic bag which uh, food bag would be ideal on the day and we can then take that away Uh, we'd ask you just to complete a short questionnaire relating to that soil sample Uh, or you can contact myself or yourself uh, to organize to collect a soil sampling bag or kit. Uh, if you can't come to borderway on the 6th we can send you out a prepaid postage bag for you to return those soil samples in as well uh, so there's quite a few different ways
0: to get involved great so what's the tips and best practice please for taking and preserving the soil samples
5: uh, so ideally, we would like them to be kept
0: chilled, uh,
5: either within a fridge or with with an ice pack next to them. Uh, we also would ask you to take two soil samples. Uh, the first one, using a clean trowel, uh, would be from the hedgerow of the field that you're going to sample. And what we'll use this as is a blank sample to say this area of land doesn't usually have the, shouldn't have a high exposure to these fertilizers, therefore this is your baseline for this field and and then take about 100 gram uh, sorry take off the top vegetation there and about five centimeters down and then underneath that take about 100 grams of soil down to a depth of about 10 centimeters and just pop it in the bag and then repeat the same process in the center of the field or as close to the center of the field as you can get easily Uh, and then either pop them in the fridge overnight and bring them in on the sixth or you could freeze them for a couple of days if you need to, uh, but if you could bring them on ice packs, that would be the best, but if not, don't worry.
0: Great, and just for clarity then, that's two two individual bags, one yes. from the hedge and one from the field center.
5: Yes, and uh, please take the hedgerow sample first in case we get cross-contamination from the field center.
0: Great, and obviously clearly label those samples. Yes, yeah. excellent. So I encourage you all please to bring along your samples to forward away on the 6th of July. If you're requiring sample bags, they will be available from the Hitch Land and office from today, together with some of Felicity's surveys for completion. So, Felicity, this is a free soil sample, isn't it? It's part of your project. There's no costs involved for for the farmers that want to provide samples. Uh, no, no
5: cost whatsoever. And on, uh, we're going to do a random uh, draw of five samples that we'll do a complete soil analysis on for um, chemical other chemical properties
0: as well. And also the, the individuals that provide soil samples, will they get feedback? Uh, yeah, if you want feedback, we're happy to give you
5: feedback on your soil samples. We'll obviously keep all results anonymous, uh, just for your... Uh, for your protection, basically. Um, But yeah, we're happy to provide feedback if you give us, if you say you want it. (laughs)
0: Great, no, that's really useful. So when do you anticipate completion of the project?
5: We're hoping to collect most of our soil samples during July and complete analysis over the rest of the summer. And the longest part of this is actually analysing the fingerprints for uh, what is in the soil. Uh, So this will probably take us through to the uh, sort of towards the end of the new year before we'll get be able to release those results.
0: And where will your report be um, available? Uh, So we'll
5: hopefully publish it within a scientific journal. Uh, We'll obviously disseminate results between all the uh, individuals who take part as well, uh, anonymous results. And then if they want their specific uh, soil results, we can provide that for them as well via email.
0: Great. Well that's all very interesting facility. Felicity, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all very interesting Felicity. I look forward to seeing you on the 6th of July and good luck with your project. Thank you very much, Tracy, for inviting me to speak to you today
5: and hopefully we'll get a nice uptake of soil samples.
0: Hello, I'm Tracy Jackson, Associate Director at H Land and Estates. And today I'm speaking with Felicity Elder of Leeds University, who is a core investigator in the Soil Pollution Assessment Delivery Research Project, also known as SPAD. Welcome, Felicity. Thank you, Neen.
3: Oh, sorry.
4: (laughs) Thank you, Tracy, for having me.
0: Felicity is going to share with us an insight to the project, what they are hoping to achieve, and importantly, how you can get involved. I think we're all aware that soil is an essential living organism, which has been depleted over recent years. With deteriorating soil health, one of the biggest challenges farming is facing today. We are seeing a real shift in government focus on improving the environment and soil health with the anticipated rollout of the soils standard in the sustainable farming incentive later this year. Healthy soils are central to farming and maintaining good soil health Benefits not only the environment, but also productivity and profitability. So, Felicity, it's great to be talking to you today. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be working on the same research project? Hi, Tracy, thank you for having me.
5: Uh, so I am an environmental chemist who's working at the University of Leeds, uh, though I originally trained as a clinical microbiologist within the NHS. Uh, with a real focus on antibiotic resistance and clinical trial work. Uh, while I was doing this, it sort of led me to see how many pharmaceuticals we excrete in our urine, which led me to become interested in the fate of these within the environment and go on to complete a PhD in environmental chemistry with the University of Bath. Uh, this looked at the fate of antibiotics and antibiotic resistance genes within the urban water cycle. Uh, and during this, I became increasingly aware of how important microbes are in degrading chemicals within the environment, uh, not just within the water cycle, but also within soils. And this led me, an overall interest led me to apply for the postdoctoral research position with uh, Dr. Laura Carter, who's co leading SPADE, uh, which looked at antibiotics in slurry and manure and potentially uh, how different treatments of them can limit their release into the environment. So that's sort of a summary of my background and how I came to work on uh, this project. Um, but sort of tracing drugs from start to finish is my sort of my main research aim.
0: Great! No, that was really interesting, Felicity. <laughs> Sorry, I'll do that again. Yeah. Great! That's really interesting, Felicity. I mean, we're seeing such a focus on soil health, but also that there has been that focus on reducing antibiotics in, in the farming environment also. So, so that's a real good, good point to be looking at. Please can you explain to us the purpose of the research more in detail? So uh,
5: the SPADE project is designed to be a UK-wide sampling campaign to investigate the presence of different chemicals, including human and veterinary medicines within UK soil, uh, but particularly where organic fertilisers such as slurry or sludge have been used. Um, so it, it came about partly after a group of farmers approached the university um, looking to up for answers around issues that they were having with their land since applying a liquid-based fertiliser. And while we were discussing how we could possibly help them, uh, we came to the realization that there's no database of what chemicals are usually present within UK soil, uh, other than your usual carbon and nitrates, and sort of your normal fertilizers, but nothing relating to potential pharmaceuticals. So we weren't really able to help these farmers because we couldn't say what was in their soil, whether it was normal or not normal, or potentially causing them the problems. So this led us on to be able to develop um, a project and to get some funding from research england to look into this further uh, with the overall aim of the project being to generate this uk wide data set uh, for information which can hopefully be then rolled out in future years and we can potentially track changes within the uh, chemical properties of soil
0: but that's really interesting to to hear that we really don't have a detailed understanding of what's on our soils, bearing in mind what we've been applying over recent years. So that's really important piece of work. Can you tell us what you are looking for in the soil samples? So we're taking two
5: different approaches for looking within the soil samples. So the first approach we're going to use is quite a targeted approach. So we have a list of about 16 different pharmaceuticals that we know are present within different slurries, manures, and other organic fertilizers. And we're going to look for those. Um, And with, with that approach, we'll be able to actually quantify the exact amount that was in the soil. But then we're also going to take another approach, which is called high resolution mass spectrometry. And this creates almost like a chemical fingerprint for the soil. So you can see pretty well everything that is in there uh and while it won't give us exact concentrations for those chemicals it will allow us to see them and to potentially while accompanied with the questionnaires that will be sending out the samples link different chemicals with different different soil amendments uh, and hopefully that can guide best practice around what is safest to use within your land
0: right so from my understanding you're you're looking at Farmers across the UK, but those who have applied a variety of different amendments. So that can be anything from home-produced slurry and manure to liquid fertiliser products and sewage sludge. Is that correct?
5: Yeah, that's correct. And also food composts and digests as well. If anybody has applied those.
0: Okay, great. And that can that be over recent years or amendments that have been put on? Uh, Ideally
5: ideally up to about five years ago, so it doesn't have to be really recent. And we're also interested in the different methods that you've applied them. So if you have a couple of different fields, for example, where you've used one application method and another field where you've used a different one, we'd be very interested in those samples as well because one of the researchers within the group, John Nightingale, has done some previous research that showed that the methods that you use to apply these have quite a big impact on their fate within the environment and how rapidly they're degraded by the soil microbes
0: right that's really interesting so you're planning a trip up to cumbria and you will be visiting us here at Broadway on wednesday the 6th of july and you'll be available to collect soil samples and visit farms in the area Um, Can you tell us how farmers can get involved? Uh, So they can either um,
5: just bring us some soil uh, in a plastic bag, which a food bag would be ideal on the day and we can then take that away. Uh, We'd ask you just to complete a short questionnaire relating to that soil sample Uh, or you can contact myself or yourself uh, to organise to collect a soil sampling bag. Or kit Uh, if you can't come to Borderway on the six we can send you out a prepaid postage bag for you to return those soil samples in as well, Uh, so there's quite a few different ways to get involved.
0: Great so what's the tips and best practice, please, for taking and preserving the soil samples.
5: Uh, So ideally, we would like them to be kept chilled, uh, either within a fridge or with with an ice pack next to them. Uh, We also would ask you to take two soil samples. Uh, The first one, using a clean trowel, uh, would be from the hedgerow of the field that you're going to sample. And what we'll use this as is a blank sample to say this area of land doesn't usually have the, shouldn't have a high exposure to these fertilizers, therefore this is, your baseline for this field um and then take about 100 gram uh, sorry take off the top vegetation there and about five centimeters down and then underneath that take about 100 grams of soil down to a depth of about 10 centimeters and just pop it in the bag and then repeat the same process in the center of the field or as close to the center of the field as you can get easily Uh, and then either pop them in the fridge overnight and bring them in on the sixth or you could freeze them for a couple of days if you need to, uh, but if you could bring them on ice packs, that would be the best, but if not, don't worry.
0: Great, and just for clarity then, Felicity, that's two two individual bags, one yes. from the hedge and one from the field centre. Yes, and uh, please
5: take the hedgerow sample first in case we get cross-contamination from the field centre.
0: Great, and obviously clearly label those samples. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. So I encourage you all please to bring along your samples to forward Away on the 6th of July. If you require any sample bags, they will be available from the Hitchnich and Estate's Office from today, together with some of Felicity's surveys for completion. So Felicity, this is a free soil sample, isn't it? It's part of your project. There's no costs involved for for the farmers that want to provide samples.
5: Uh, no, no cost whatsoever, and on, uh, we're going to do a random uh, draw of five samples that we'll do a complete soil analysis on for um, chemical other chemical properties as well.
0: And also the, the individuals that provide soil samples, will they get feedback? Uh, yeah,
5: if you want feedback, we're happy to give you feedback on your soil samples. We'll obviously keep all results anonymous, uh, just for your... Uh, your protection basically. Um, But yeah, we're happy to provide feedback if you give us, if you say you want it. (laughs)
0: Great, now that's really useful. So when do you anticipate completion of the project? We're hoping to collect most of our soil
5: samples during July and complete analysis over the rest of the summer. And the longest part of this is actually analysing the fingerprints for uh, what is in the soil. So, this will probably take us through to the uh, sort of towards the end of the new year before we'll get be able to release those results.
0: And where will your report be um, available?
5: Uh, So, we'll hopefully publish it within a scientific journal. Uh, We'll obviously disseminate results between all the uh, individuals who take part as well uh, anonymous results. And then, if they want their specific uh, soil results, we can provide that for them as well via email.
0: Great. Well, that's all very interesting facility felicity, sorry. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, very interesting felicity. I look forward to seeing you on the 6th of July and good luck with your project. Thank you
5: very much, Tracy, for inviting me to speak to you today and hopefully we'll get a nice uptake of soil samples.
0: Hello, I'm Tracy Jackson, Associate Director at H Land and Estates. And today I'm speaking with Felicity Elder of Leeds University, who is a core investigator in the Soil Pollution Assessment Delivery Research Project, also known as SPADE. Welcome, Felicity.
4: Thank you, Nene.
0: Oh,
3: sorry.
4: (laughs) Thank you, Tracy, for having me.
0: Felicity is going to share with us an insight to the project, what they are hoping to achieve and importantly, how you can get involved. I think we're all aware that soil is an essential living organism which has been depleted over recent years. With deteriorating soil health one of the biggest challenges farming is facing today. We are seeing a real shift in government focus on improving the environment and soil health with the anticipated rollout of the Soil standard in the sustainable farming incentive later this year. Healthy soils are central to farming and maintaining good soil health benefits not only the environment, but also productivity and profitability. So Felicity, it's great to be talking to you today. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be working on the same research project?
5: Hi, Tracy,
0: Thank you for having me.
5: Uh, So I am an environmental chemist who's working at the University of Leeds, Uh, though I originally trained as a clinical microbiologist within the NHS. Uh, with a real focus on antibiotic resistance and clinical trial work. Uh, while I was doing this, it sort of led me to see how many pharmaceuticals we excrete in our urine, which led me to become interested in the fate of these within the environment and go on to complete a PhD in environmental chemistry with the University of Bath. Uh, this looked at the fate of antibiotics and antibiotic resistance genes within the urban water cycle. Uh, and during this, I became increasingly aware of how important microbes are in degrading chemicals within the environment, uh, not just within the water cycle, but also within soils. And this led me, an overall interest led me to apply for the postdoctoral research position with uh, Dr. Laura Carter, who's co leading SPADE, uh, which looked at antibiotics in slurry and manure and potentially uh, how different treatments of them can limit their release into the environment. So that's sort of a summary of my background and how I came to work on uh, this project, um, but sort of tracing drugs from start to finish is my sort of my main research aim.
0: Great. No, that was really interesting facility. <laughs> Sorry, I'll do that again. Yeah. Great. That's really interesting, Felicity. I mean, we're seeing such a focus on soil health but also that there has been that focus on reducing antibiotics in in the farming environment also so so that's a real good good point to be looking at please can you explain to us the purpose of the research more in detail so uh,
5: the spade project is designed to be a UK-wide sampling campaign to investigate the presence of different chemicals, including human and veterinary medicines within UK soil, uh, but particularly where organic fertilizers such as slurry or sludge have been used. Um, so it, it came about partly after a group of farmers approached the university um, looking to up for answers around issues that they were having with their land since applying a liquid-based fertilizer. And while we were discussing how we could possibly help them, uh, we came to the realisation that there's no database of what chemicals are usually present within UK soil, uh, other than your usual carbon and nitrates, and sort of your normal fertilisers, but nothing relating to potential pharmaceuticals. So we weren't really able to help these farmers because we couldn't say what was in their soil, whether it was normal or not normal, or potentially causing them the problems. So this led us on to be able to develop um, a project and to get some funding from research england to look into this further uh, with the overall aim of the project being to generate this uk wide data set uh, for information which can hopefully be then rolled out in future years and we can potentially track changes within the uh, chemical properties of
0: soil but that's really interesting to to hear that we really don't have A detailed understanding of what's on our soils, bearing in mind what we've been applying over recent years. So that's a really important piece of work. Can you tell us what you are looking for in the soil samples?
5: So we're taking two different approaches for looking within the soil samples. So the first approach we're going to use is quite a targeted approach. So we have a list of about 16 different pharmaceuticals that we know are present within different slurries, manures and other organic fertilizers. And we're going to look for those Um, and with, with that approach, we'll be able to actually quantify the exact amount that was in the soil. But then we're also going to take another approach, which is called high resolution mass spectrometry. And this creates almost like a chemical fingerprint for the soil. So you can see pretty well everything that is in there. Uh, and while it won't give us exact concentrations for those chemicals, it will allow us to see them and to potentially, while accompanied with the questionnaires that we'll be sending out the samples, link different chemicals with different different soil amendments, uh, and we're hopefully that that can guide best practice around what is safest to use within your land. Right.
0: So from my understanding, you're you're looking at farmers across the UK but those who have applied a variety of different amendments so that can be anything from home produced slurry and manure to liquid fertiliser products and sewage sludge is that correct
5: yeah that's correct and also food composts and digests as well if anybody has applied those okay
0: great and that can that be over recent years or amendments that have been put on uh, ideally,
5: ideally, up to about five years ago. So it doesn't have to be really recent. And we're also interested in the different methods that you've applied them. So if you have a couple of different fields, for example, where you've used one application method and another field where you've used a different one, we'd be very interested in those samples as well, because one of the researchers within the group, John Nightingale. Has done some previous research that showed that the methods that you use to apply these have quite a big impact on their fate within the environment and how rapidly they're degraded by the soil microbes.
0: Right, that's really interesting. So you're planning a trip up to Cumbria and you will be visiting us here at Broadway on Wednesday, the sixth of July, and you'll be available to collect soil samples and visit farms in the area. Can you Uh, tell us how farmers can get involved? uh, So they can either um, just bring us some soil
5: uh, in a plastic bag, which a food bag would be ideal on the day, and we can then take that away. Uh, We'd ask you just to complete a short questionnaire relating to that soil sample, Uh, or you can contact myself or yourself uh, to organise to collect a soil sampling bag or kit Uh, if you can't come to borderway on the 6th we can send you out a prepaid postage bag for you to return those soil samples in as well Uh, so there's quite a few different ways to get involved
0: great so what's the tips and best practice please for taking and preserving the soil samples
5: Uh, So ideally, we would like them to be kept chilled, uh, either within a fridge or with with an ice pack next to them. Uh, We also would ask you to take two soil samples. Uh, The first one, using a clean trowel, uh, would be from the hedgerow of the field that you're going to sample. And what we'll use this as is a blank sample to say this area of land doesn't usually have the, shouldn't have a high exposure to these fertilizers, therefore this is your baseline for this field Um, and then take about 100 gram uh, sorry take off the top vegetation there and about five centimeters down and then underneath that take about 100 grams of soil down to a depth of about 10 centimeters and just pop it in the bag and then repeat the same process in the center of the field or as close to the center of the field as you can get easily Uh, and then either pop them in the fridge overnight and bring them in on the sixth or You could freeze them for a couple of days if you need to. Uh, But if you could bring them on ice packs, that would be the best, but if not, don't worry.
0: Great, and just for clarity then, Felicity, that's two two individual bags, one from the hedge and one from the field centre.
5: Yes, and uh, please take the hedgerow sample first in case we get cross-contamination from the field centre. Great, and obviously
0: clearly label those samples. Yes, yeah. excellent. So I encourage you all please to bring along your samples to Board Away on the 6th of July. If you're requiring sample bags, they will be available from the Hitchnitch Land Estates Office from today, together with some of Felicity's surveys for completion. So Felicity, this is a free soil sample, isn't it? It's part of your project. There's no costs involved for for the farmers that want to provide samples. Uh, no, no cost whatsoever.
5: And on, uh, we're going to do a random uh, draw of five samples that we'll do a complete soil analysis on for um, chemical other chemical properties as well.
0: And also the, the individuals that provide soil samples, will they get feedback? Uh, yeah, if you want feedback, we're happy to give you feedback on your soil
5: samples. We'll obviously keep all results anonymous uh, just for your... Uh, for your protection, basically, Um, but yeah, we're happy to provide feedback if you give us, if you say you want it. (laughs)
0: Great, now that's really useful. So when do you anticipate completion of the project? We're hoping
5: to collect most of our soil samples during July and complete analysis over the rest of the summer. And the longest part of this is actually analysing the fingerprints for uh, what is in the soil. So, this will probably take us through to the uh, sort of towards the end of the new year before we'll get be able to release those results. And
0: where will your report be um, available?
5: Uh, So, we'll hopefully publish it within a scientific journal. Uh, We'll obviously disseminate results between all the uh, individuals who take part as well, uh, anonymous results. And then, if they want their specific uh, soil results, we can provide that for them as well via email.
0: Great. Well that's all very interesting facility. Felicity, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all very interesting Felicity. I look forward to seeing you on the 6th of July and good luck with your project. Thank you very much, Tracy, for inviting me to speak to you today and hopefully we'll
5: get a nice uptake of soil samples.
1: Hello,
0: I'm Tracy Jackson, Associate Director at H Land and Estates. And today I'm speaking with Felicity Elder of Leeds University, who is a core investigator in the Soil Pollution Assessment Delivery Research Project, also known as SPADE. Welcome, Felicity. Thank you, Nene.
3: Oh, sorry.
4: (laughs) Thank you, Tracy, for having me.
0: Felicity is going to share with us an insight to the project, what they are hoping to achieve, and importantly, how you can get involved. I think we're all aware that soil is an essential living organism, which has been depleted over recent years. With deteriorating soil health, one of the biggest challenges farming is facing today. We are seeing a real shift in government focus on improving the environment and soil health with the anticipated rollout of the Soil standard in the sustainable farming incentive later this year. Healthy soils are central to farming and maintaining good soil health Benefits not only the environment but also productivity and profitability. So, Felicity, it's great to be talking to you today. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be working on the SAID research project?
3: Hi, Tracy. Thank you
5: for having me. Uh, so, I am an environmental chemist who's working at the University of Leeds, uh, though I originally trained as a clinical microbiologist within the NHS. Uh, with a real focus on antibiotic resistance and clinical trial work. Uh, while I was doing this, it sort of led me to see how many pharmaceuticals we excrete in our urine, which led me to become interested in the fate of these within the environment and go on to complete a PhD in environmental chemistry with the University of Bath. Uh, this looked at the fate of antibiotics and antibiotic resistance genes within the urban water cycle. Uh, and during this, I became increasingly aware of how important microbes are in degrading chemicals within the environment, uh, not just within the water cycle, but also within soils. And this led me, an overall interest led me to apply for the postdoctoral research position with uh, Dr. Laura Carter, who's co leading SPADE, uh, which looked at antibiotics in slurry and manure and potentially uh, how different treatments of them can limit their release into the environment. So that's sort of a summary of my background and how I came to work on uh, this project. Um, but sort of tracing drugs from start to finish is my, sort of, my main research aim.
0: Great. No, that was really interesting, facility. <laughs> Sorry, I'll do that again. Yeah. Great. That's really interesting, Felicity. I mean, we're seeing such a focus on soil health, but also that there has been that focus on reducing antibiotics in in the farming environment also. So so that's a real good good point to be looking at. Please can you explain to us the purpose of the research more in detail? So uh,
5: the SPADE project is designed to be a UK-wide sampling campaign to investigate the presence of different chemicals, including human and veterinary medicines within UK soil, uh, but particularly where organic fertilisers such as slurry or sludge have been used. Um, So it it came about partly after a group of farmers approached the University um, looking for answers around issues that they were having with their land since applying a liquid-based fertiliser and while we were discussing how we could possibly help them uh, we came to the realization that there's no database of what chemicals are usually present within uk soil uh, other than your usual carbon and nitrates and sort of your normal fertilizers but nothing relating to potential pharmaceuticals so we weren't really able to help these farmers because we couldn't say what was in their soil whether it was normal or not normal or potentially causing them the problems So this led us on to be able to develop um, a project and to get some funding from Research England to look into this further. Uh, With the overall aim of the project being to generate this UK-wide data set uh, for information, which can hopefully be then rolled out in future years and we can potentially track changes within the uh, chemical properties of soil.
0: That's really interesting to to hear that we really don't have a detailed understanding of what's on our soils bearing in mind what we've been applying over recent years so that's really important piece of work can you tell us what you are looking for in the soil samples
5: so we're taking two
0: different approaches
5: for looking within the soil samples so the first approach we're going to use is quite a targeted approach so we have a list of about 16 Different pharmaceuticals that we know are present within different slurries, manures and other organic fertilizers. And we're going to look for those. Um, And with, with that approach, we'll be able to actually quantify the exact amount that was in the soil. But then we're also going to take another approach, which is called high resolution mass spectrometry. And this creates almost like a chemical fingerprint for the soil. So you can see pretty well everything that is in there. Uh, and while it won't give us exact concentrations for those chemicals, it will allow us to see them and to potentially, while accompanied with the questionnaires that we'll be sending out of the samples, link different chemicals with different different soil amendments, uh, and we're hopefully that that can guide best practice around what is safest to use within your land.
0: Right. So, from my understanding, you're you're looking at. Farmers across the UK, but those who have applied a variety of different amendments. So that can be anything from home-produced slurry and manure to liquid fertiliser products and sewage sludge. Is that correct? Yeah,
5: that's correct. And also food composts and digests as well. If anybody has applied
0: those. Okay, great. And that can that be over recent years or amendments that have been put on? Uh, Ideally ideally up to about
5: five years ago, so it doesn't have to be really recent. And we're also interested in the different methods that you've applied them. So if you have a couple of different fields, for example, where you've used one application method and another field where you've used a different one, we'd be very interested in those samples as well because one of the researchers within the group, John Nightingale, has done some previous research that showed that the methods that you use to apply these have quite a big impact on their fate within the environment and how rapidly they're degraded by the soil microbes.
0: Right that's really interesting. So you're planning a trip up to Cumbria and you will be visiting us here at Baldway on Wednesday the 6th of July and you'll be available to collect soil samples and visit farms in the area. Uh, can you tell us how farmers can get involved Uh, so they can either um,
5: just bring us some soil uh, in a plastic bag which uh, food bag would be ideal on the day and we can then take that away Uh, we'd ask you just to complete a short questionnaire relating to that soil sample Uh, or you can contact myself or yourself uh, to organize to collect a soil sampling bag or kit. Uh, if you can't come to borderway on the six we can send you out a prepaid postage bag for you to return those soil samples in as well uh, so there's quite a few different ways to get involved
0: great so what's the tips and best practice please for taking and preserving the soil samples
5: uh, so ideally we would like them to be kept chilled, uh, either within a fridge or with with an ice pack next to them. Uh, we also would ask you to take two soil samples. Uh, the first one, using a clean trowel, uh, would be from the hedgerow of the field that you're going to sample. And what we'll use this as is a blank sample to say this area of land doesn't usually have the, shouldn't have a high exposure to these fertilizers, therefore this is your baseline for this field um and then take about 100 gram uh, sorry take off the top vegetation there and about five centimeters down and then underneath that take about 100 grams of soil down to a depth of about 10 centimeters and just pop it in the bag and then repeat the same process in the center of the field or as close to the center of the field as you can get easily Uh, and then either pop them in the fridge overnight and bring them in on the sixth or you could freeze them for a couple of days if you need to, uh, but if you could bring them on ice packs, that would be the best, but if not, don't worry.
0: Great, and just for clarity then, Felicity, that's two two individual bags, one yes. from the hedge and one from the field centre. Yes, and uh,
5: please take the hedgerow sample first in case we get cross-contamination from the field centre.
0: Great, and obviously clearly label those samples. Yes, yeah. excellent. So I encourage you all please to bring along your samples to forward away on the 6th of July. If you're requiring sample bags, they will be available from the Hitchnitch Land and Office from today, together with some of Felicity's surveys for completion. So Felicity, this is a free soil sample, isn't it? It's part of your project. There's no costs involved for, for the farmers that want to provide samples.
5: Uh, no, no cost whatsoever, and on, uh, we're going to do a random uh, draw of five samples that we'll do a complete soil analysis on for um, chemical other chemical properties as well.
0: And also the, the individuals that provide soil samples, will they get feedback? Uh, yeah, if you want feedback,
5: we're happy to give you feedback on your soil samples. We'll obviously keep all results anonymous, uh, just for your... Uh, for your protection basically, Um, but yeah, we're happy to provide feedback if you give us, if you say you want it.
0: (laughs) Great, now that's really useful. So when do you anticipate completion of the project?
5: We're hoping to collect most of our soil samples during July and complete analysis over the rest of the summer. And the longest part of this is actually analysing the fingerprints for uh, what is in the soil. Uh, So this will probably take us through to the uh, sort of towards the end of the new year before we'll get be able to release those
0: results. And where will your report be um, available?
5: Uh, So we'll hopefully publish it within a scientific journal. Uh, We'll obviously disseminate results between all the uh, individuals who take part as well, uh, anonymous results. And then if they want their specific uh, soil results, we can provide that for them as well via email.
0: Great. Well that's all very interesting facility. Felicity, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All very interesting Felicity. I look forward to seeing you on the 6th of July and good luck with your project.
5: Thank you very much, Tracy, for
3: inviting me to speak to you today and hopefully we'll get a nice uptake of soil samples.